Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. We trust that you will be encouraged by today's message. Hallelujah. Well, we're so honored to be here. And um, every chance we get, we come down here when you have your harvest, uh, fall harvest crusades. And uh, we're always ministered to uh, every time we come here. And uh, sometimes Pastor Rusty says, man, I'm sorry, you, you know, I don't have you on the docket to speak. I said, Pastor Rusty, I had that ever crossed my mind. <laughs> I come down here to just get in the presence of the Lord and enjoy what God is doing here because uh, it's so wonderful. Uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I say everything Pastor Rusty told me to say here about No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I do want to say this from the depths of my heart that we love your pastors. And um, uh, you're very blessed to have them. And the reason I can say that is, uh, you know, they were traveling for years. When we met Pastor Rusty and Leah, uh, they weren't pastoring. They were Brother Rusty. Amen. And, uh, and they were traveling, and they always had a place to go. And you needed to reach out to them ahead of time to get them to come to your church. And then God called them back home to Island Church. And uh, that just lets you know how much God loves you. And I do mean that sincerely. Because a pastor's job is to lead and to feed. And you can't lead without being in prayer. And your pastor's a man of prayer. Amen. And you can't, I mean, we came down the hallway and it's just like the line of the tribe of Judah rising up in that. I was like, whoa, we wanted to be here at 630, Pastor Russell. We sat on the freeway a little bit too long and some traffic. Uh, but then, you know, pastor's job is to lead and feed. And you can't lead without praying. And you can't feed without being a student of the word. And your pastor's a student of the word. Always in the book. Amen. And so uh, you're blessed. You really, really are. And uh, you're being equipped to do the work of the ministry. Uh, So make sure they don't do all the work of the ministry. Their job is to equip you to do what God's called you to do. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, before we jump in the word, I want to thank my beautiful wife for being here. Honey, would you stand? This is my beautiful wife, Allison. And um, we celebrate 35 years this November. So she's a keeper. <laughs> and, uh, 35 wonderful years. We have two beautiful daughters, Catherine and Stephanie. They're both single. <laughs> they're not here, but they're both single. <laughs> and uh, Catherine works with us full time in the ministry. And uh, Stephanie just graduated from college. Now, get this. I, so I was born in Austin, Texas. You know, Pastor Rusty was born in Austin. And uh, that's why I like him so much. He, he, he's born in Austin. Uh, but, but I was born in Austin, Texas. And my dad was a professor at the University of Texas. Uh, very, very bright, bright man. He's gone on home to be with the Lord. Uh, but anyway, so I grew up a Longhorn fan. Now, I've got two daughters. One is 26 and one is 22. And uh, both of them went to Texas A&M. <laughs> and people ask me, Pastor John, what, what did you do wrong? Yeah, an A&M fan? <laughs> and, uh, and so <laughs> I, I don't know what we did wrong, but uh, I'll tell you the, the truth about the matter is when we walked on the University of Texas campus uh, and experienced what was there, I thought there's no way in the world I want my daughters to go to this school. And if you're a UT fan, God bless you. I grew up cheering for them big time. Uh, but we walked on the A&M campus and I didn't tell my daughters. I just knew this is where the first one, this is where she's supposed to go. And the second one followed suit. So it was a great experience for them. But Catherine works for us full time in the ministry. Stephanie just graduated, got her first real job. And uh, she's directing our, our worship as well. So anyway, that's a little bit about us. But I have something stirring in my heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for just the opportunity to gather today, this evening. Father, we thank you that, that we can be here. 
in your presence. Such a wonderful presence is in this place and has been in this place during the time of worship that we've already experienced. And Father, I just lift up every person here. And Lord, while I'm speaking, I thank you that you're speaking to each and every one of them. Father, you know their situations. You know their circumstances. You know what they're going through. Father, you know the areas that they may be struggling in. And I thank you for the answer that you have for them this evening. And I give you praise for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There has been something stirring in my heart, and, um, and I, I believe this will help you tonight. So go with me to a very familiar passage of Scripture, Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, and I'm not going to preach on faith. I'm going to actually minister on the subject of prayer. And there's some things in my heart I want to share with you about prayer. I believe it will help you. And, um, and I do want to say this. If you're taking notes, and all note takers do go to heaven, so you might as well <laughs> start taking notes if you're not a, a note taker already. Uh, but if you like titles, you can just title this, When You Pray. Turn to your neighbor and say, When You Pray. When You Pray. When You Pray. Amen. And so um, you'll understand that better by the end of the service. But Mark chapter 11 and verse 23, it says, For verily or truly I say unto you, this is Jesus talking, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Now look at verse 24 with me. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, when you pray, when you pray, Jesus is talking here. He says, what things soever you desire when you pray, could we not say why you're in the midst of prayer or could we not say uh, why you are praying? What things soever you desire when you pray, why you're praying, why you're in the midst of prayer, believe that you receive them, then what? Them things that you're desiring while you're in the midst of prayer. Believe that you receive those things that you're desiring when you're praying, and Jesus said, and you'll have them. Amen. Amen? And so, now I know I'm preaching in a, in a place where people are very, very well fed. Amen? I mean, uh, we've had your pastor in our church, and, and he, every time he comes, he just he ministers to me. He ministers to our family. He ministers, you know, whether he calls us out, ministers to us personally, just the Word of God. He's just sharp on the Word. And that's why I said you're blessed around here. Uh, but I want you to understand this, uh, that, that while you're praying or while you're in the midst of prayer, did you know that God will drop things in your heart during those times? While you're praying, he says, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, a lot of times we look at this and we say, well, God will give me what I desire, but you can also look at this is that God will put something in your heart from him. And while you're praying, God has a way of just putting things in your heart. You may not have even thought about them before, but God knows about them and God wants you to be a part of them or have them or whatever the situation is. We'll get more into that in a little bit. And so he says, what things soever you desire while you're praying or while you're in the midst of prayer, believe that you receive those things and you'll have them. So while you're praying in the midst of prayer, God will give you desires. He'll place desires in your heart while you're praying. Okay. Psalm 37, four says, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. He'll put desires in your heart. So while you're fellowshipping with the Lord, while you're adoring the Lord, while you're magnifying the Lord, 
while you're just minding your own business and you just want to delight yourself in God, you're just wanting to fellowship with him, you're just wanting to draw close to him, you're just wanting to be intimate with him. While you're doing that, he'll be putting desires in your heart and he didn't put them there for you to think about them. He didn't put them there for you to say, oh, that's a nice thought. He put them there because he wants to do something in your life. He wants to bring that thing in your life. He wants to do something when that's the reason he put it there. It's not just for it to just exist and you end your prayer time and say, well, that was sweet. He'll give you desires in your heart so that you will believe that you receive them and you will have them. So you have to believe that those things that God is putting in your heart that you're desiring, you got to believe that those things are going to happen in your life. And then when you do, the Bible says you'll have them. Let let me give you an example of this. This happened to be years ago. Uh, I was actually a pretty new believer. It was back in 1986. Anyone who's been in in the things of God since 1986, you know that if you remember this in 1986, there was a, you probably remember this, right? Uh, No, there there was a a move of God, or I don't know if you'd call it a move of God, but an emphasis of God uh, in the subject of prayer. And so uh, God had raised up people to pray. Remember, remember Larry Lee and, and uh, Dick Eastman and Jack Hafer was ministering on prayer. And, and Pastor Allison and I were at a, a, at a church. We weren't, we weren't married at the time. I met Allison at church. And, um, uh, you know, we began to date at church. But we were single at the time. And, and our church began to have this uh, morning prayer meeting, like what y'all do. And uh, I don't think y'all do it in the, in the morning, but, but they had five o'clock to seven o'clock morning prayer. And so, you know, I got up at 3.30 every morning. I'm single. You can do that. You know, I put on my suit. I was working for a company called Transamerica Corporation. And I put on my, I get a shower, put on my suit, drive 45 minutes or so across Dallas. I got smarter and moved closer to the church later on. But I was driving 45 minutes across town, got there at 5 o'clock, and I was praying for 5 to 7. And we were just worshiping God. We were praying. There's a different pastor on staff. It's a large church. And, uh, and different, different uh, things were prayed for, just like y'all pray for things here. And then at the end of prayer, I'd go over to IHOP and get my Rudy Tooty Fresh and Fruity. <laughs> and uh, I, I was wondering, I was running a couple of years ago, do they still have that Rudy Tooty Fresh and Fruity? And we, we went over to IHOP and they did, but they've changed it some. <laughs> two eggs, two pieces of pancake, two sausages, like two pieces of bacon. I, mean, I don't eat that way anymore. But anyway, <laughs> I was 22 years old and, and, I, and I had my Rudy Tooty Fresh and Fruity. I'd be reading my Bible. And then after that, I'd go to the office. And, uh, and I just, just continue to worship God and study the word of God until it's time to go to work. Amen. Uh, if you put God first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. And as a young man, the, the things I was desiring were success, climbing the corporate ladder and all that kind of stuff. And I heard that scripture, our pastor preached on that. It was all new to me, uh, Matthew six thirty three, And I thought, well, that's a deal. Put God first, seek him And I don't have to seek for all these other things. I don't have to seek for, you know, a raise. I don't have to seek for promotions. I don't have to seek for, you know, favor. I I just put God first and he'll take care of that. Well, I didn't realize that was happening. But about eight months later, I was leading the entire nation for Transamerica Corporation. And about about 86, 87 uh, people there who were a group marketing rep, which I was. And, uh, and, And God really blessed me in that. But anyway, that's not what I was uh, saying, but I just thought that was for somebody. Put God first. 
Put him first. You don't have to seek for fame. You don't have to seek for finances. You don't have to seek for fortune. You don't, you just, just put God first and he'll add what you need to you. Amen. And so I experienced that. But anyway, um, so this, this move of, of prayer was going on. And, and um, so what happened with Transamerica, I would go to uh, a different city. I lived in Dallas. And I would fly to Houston or I'd fly to Austin or I'd fly to Little Rock or Oklahoma City or Tulsa, you know, my territory in southwest United States. And when I went there, they always told us to rent a Lincoln Town Car. Uh, budget rental car was owned by Transamerica Corporation. And so I'd always rent a Lincoln Town Car. And they wanted us to do that. They told us right up, you know, Lincoln Town, you remember those? The, it's like a boat just going down the road, you know, it's just a huge, huge vehicle. And, uh, and you're just, I mean, you just put your hand like that and you just, you know, it's just, whoa. <laughs> they're long, long cars. But we rented those because we were taking out CEOs or CFOs, people that own their own company, my territory and the, and the groups that I was working with, uh, employee, companies that had employees, two people up to 25 people. And those are the people I called on. And so, you know, they wanted us to look the part of success. And so, you know, you drive up in a Lincoln Town car and you're working for Transamerica Corporation. You're taking them out to a nice restaurant and you're sharing about your product and that type of thing. You know, it's sales. It's, it's you know, group marketing rep for, uh, you know, we have a product for your, you know, your, your, uh, your health benefits, your dental benefits, your vision benefits for your employees. And so that's what I did. And uh, every time I went to these different places, I'd rent this Lincoln Town Car. Well, what happened? They promoted me to be able to work in Dallas. And that was great. I didn't have to fly. I didn't have to rent a Lincoln Town Car. The only problem is they wanted me to use my car to take out the people. And my car, y'all are laughing already. <laughs> have you seen my car? <laughs> I had a 1977 <laughs> Toyota Corolla. SR5 hatchback. Now, I'm not down on Toyotas whatsoever. <laughs> I think they're wonderful cars. And, and I just got this car. It was my first car. It was my only car that I ever had, you know, and uh, I paid $2,000 for it back in 1985, but when I was still in California before I came and moved to Dallas. And, and, uh, but the problem with this car is that it was totally oxidized. It was silver. It was oxidized. And it looked like a cockroach, and it sounded like a sewing machine. <laughs> And so it just didn't have the, you know, the, 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 the aura of success. And I thought, well, I can't just, you know, not get the sale right off the, just because they see, and I can't take them out to lunch. I, if I take them out, I need to take them to McDonald's, not, you know, a nice restaurant in Dallas. And so that was a problem. And so I started looking for cars. I started looking at different dealerships. You know, I was doing very, very well for 22 year olds doing extremely well. And I could get pretty much any car I wanted. I never thought about getting Mercedes or anything like that, but I, I went to a lot of dealerships, looked at cars and, and uh, never really found something I wanted. And so it's kind of a little bit of source of frustration. Now I share all that with you uh, because on Saturday morning I was praying and, you know, if you get up at 3.35, 3.40 every morning, Monday through Friday, how many you know on Saturday morning, you're going to be waking up at 3.30, 3.30. Uh, you just don't sleep in if that's your, your, your body's used to getting up. You know what I'm talking about. You just have that, that internal time clock. And so I thought, well, you know, I'm awake. I might as well just go ahead and pray and seek the Lord like we do at church Monday through Friday. I'll just do that on Saturday morning. That's not going to hurt anything. And, and so I just start to worship the Lord. I didn't know what I was doing in terms of what I'm sharing with you. I'm starting to magnify the Lord. I'm starting to worship the Lord. I'm delighting myself in the Lord. What happens when you delight yourself in the Lord? 
He'll give you the desires of your heart so that you can believe you receive them and you'll have them. Amen. And so I'm, I'm, I'm worshiping the Lord. I'm magnifying the Lord. I just get in his presence like we were in this presence tonight with worship. And it's just so rich. And I'm just walking back and forth in my little apartment in Dallas. I'm a single man. I'm just, just, just loving Jesus. And all of a sudden, this thought of a car just comes floats up inside of me. And I was so embarrassed. I'm like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't know it was the Lord. And I said, God, I am so sorry. I said, I, I've been looking for cars and, you know, I'm looking at all these different cars. And, and so I'm so carnal right now. I'm just thinking of cars, Lord. And I just want to be in your presence. I want to worship you. And, and I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so carnal. Lord, forgive me, oh God. And, and, and then finally the car would disappear after I'd repent. And, and then I'd get back in the presence of the Lord again. I'd work back into that. Oh, I worship you, Lord. You're so good to me. Lord, I just want to be more like you. Oh God, I love you. Oh Lord Jesus. And then I'd get in his presence. And when I got in his presence, car would come up in my heart again. I thought, oh, God, I'm so sorry. That happened three or four times. And I'm trying to press into God. I want an intimate time with the Lord. And then when I get in his presence, car comes up. And so I repent three or four times. About the fourth or fifth time, literally this happened. So car floats up again. And I've had it because I'm just too carnal. And I'm frustrated. Literally, I'm frustrated in the presence of God. And I said, God, I am so sorry. Now, I got to give you a little bit of backdrop here because I had been looking at cars. I didn't find a car that I wanted. I didn't find a car that I really liked. I took my little, you know, cockroach car into the, to the, um, to the repairman and just had the oil changed. No big deal or anything, you know. Hey, and it just, I asked him. I asked the mechanic. I said, sir, I said, you know, I'm looking for another car. He goes, you got a great car here. I said, I know. I just need to upgrade a little bit. And, and uh, I, said, I said, what kind of car would you recommend? He goes, well, I've worked on all kinds of cars. And he says, your Toyota, he said, man, this, this would go a couple hundred thousand miles. He said, you got 42,000 miles on it. You got a great car here. He said, but to answer your questions, uh, young man, he said, uh, he said, I've worked on all kinds of cars. And he, and he said, uh, the Mercedes Benz, if you want a car that'll last forever, he said, just all the, all the parts of what you have here will go about 200,000 miles. He said, those things are built to go about 500,000 miles. He said, that is just a brick. He said, you close the door and clunk. Well, I don't think I'd ever been in a Mercedes-Benz at that time. And, and I said, really? And so, you know, I just, I thought, okay. And I thought, well, I don't want to buy a Mercedes-Benz. I hadn't even considered that. I wasn't looking at that. And so I kind of dismissed that. But, you know, there was a little seed planted there. And then I go to a, a, a meeting, uh, and, and the, the minister gets up, and he's just ministering in the middle of his sermon. He, said, uh, he says, you know, my partners recently bought me a Mercedes-Benz. Second time in about a week and a half I've heard this word Mercedes-Benz. And he said, I asked the Lord, Lord, why, why did you move on my partners to get me Mercedes-Benz? And he, he said, well, well, they've been praying for your safety. And he said, I dropped it in one of their hearts, you know, get your Mercedes-Benz. Mercedes-Benz is a safe car. And I just thought, the Lord thinks Mercedes-Benz is a safe car. <laughs> the Lord told this guy. And I'm thinking, wow, so it lasts a long time. It's a safe car. So that's a little backdrop. So now I'm worshiping God and praying and all that. And, and so what happens is car floats back. And I'm, I've had it. I'm frustrated. And I said, God, forgive me. I said, I, I need a car. And I wasn't mad at God. I was just kind of venting. You ever vent? I wasn't venting at God. I just, I wanted this thing. I, I wanted to spend time. I really wanted to spend time with God. And I said, Lord, I need a car. And I said, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and ask you for a car. And Lord, I'll tell you what I want. I, I want a Mercedes Benz. And I don't even know where that came from because I really didn't want a Mercedes Benz. I have to be honest with you. I didn't really care. 
I was just in my heart because I, you know, my, my mechanic and this other minister and God thinks it's safe and all this. And I said, Lord, I just, you know, I, I, I want a Mercedes Benz. And then I, I don't know where it came from. Just gushed, gushing up on me. And I just said, and Lord, you know, I've never had a sunroof. I want a sunroof. And I said, Lord, I've never had leather seats. I got these vinyl seats. They get real hot. I'd like some nice leather seats. And I, and I just start, you know, I said, Lord, you know, my, I just got this little AM radio in my car. I'd like a nice sound system. Play my Christian worship music. Play my, you know, this is back in the cassette day time. Play, play my cassette tapes. I always bought after every service. I, I went and stood in line at the bookstore and got a $5 cassette tape for that Sunday morning service. It was just my habit. You know, people want to go to lunch. They knew if they wanted to go to lunch with me, they got to wait for half an hour because I'm in line to get the cassette tape. So I said, Lord, I'm going to play. I, I want a, a nice sound system. And I said, Lord, when I, when I was like bold with it, I said, Lord, and, and when I get this Mercedes Benz, I said, I'm going to go in the bookstore and I'm going to get one of those decals and I'm going to put it on the back of the car. And they had nice, classy decals. It wasn't one of these, you know, rainbow color, huge, you know, Jesus is still working on me. You know, you see those kind of things. It was, it was a real elegant classy decal that had the name of our church on it. And it said, Jesus is Lord, had the name of our church. And you'd put it, you'd see like some really nice cars in the parking lot. They'd have this decal on the back window, right? You know, nowadays we always put a brake light right there, but there was no brake lights in those days. It was right front and center at the bottom, right above the trunk. And I said, I'm going to put the one of those decals on the back of my car. And I kind of vented. And then I repented. <laughs> And I got back and to worshiping God. You know, car never floated up anymore. Yeah. And I had the most glorious, probably next 30, 40 minutes, just of time of worshiping God, ministering the Lord. I forgot all about this car thing. Now, that was on Saturday. The very next Saturday, I get a call. And I'm thinking, who is it? It was about 7.15 in the morning. I'd finished my worship time. You remember, you start early. <laughs> and I finished that. And I was reading my Bible at the kitchen table, single guys doing the laundry and sitting there reading the Bible. And I get a phone call. I'm thinking, who's that? And I answer the phone. And this guy says, hey, uh, Brother John, this is Anthony. I'm like, who? He said, this is Brother Ananthony. He said, uh, yeah, you don't know me really well. And, and uh, I'm thinking, I don't even know who this guy is. And he said, uh, uh, yeah, I got your number from, uh, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're dating Allison. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. He said, oh, well, I got your number from Allison's sister, Stephanie. I said, oh, okay. He says, she said, you play tennis. I said, yes, sir. Yeah, I play tennis. I'm thinking, what in the world is this guy? What's he doing? And uh, he said, you want to go out and hit some balls this morning? You want to play some tennis? I said, well, I said, I appreciate the call, Anthony, but I really don't. I said, uh, you know, no, no offense. I got, I got a lot on my plate. I'm just, you know, I'm up early today doing the laundry. And, and it was quiet. And, um, and I felt like on the inside, I just messed up. You ever feel that way? And the Holy Spirit's starting to do something on the inside. And he says, uh, well, um, uh, can I just come over and see you? And I said, I'm thinking no. And I said, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, well, great. Good. Can you give me the directions? I'm thinking, oh, man. But on the inside, I'm like, ah, there's something to this, you know. Anyway, so Anthony comes over. And I'm looking out the window. And he comes up. And he's got his beautiful, beautiful Mercedes Benz. And I'm not thinking about God's going to give this to me. Remember, I put that thing on. That's just, you know, I vented. I'm done with cars. <laughs> I just want Jesus. And he comes up, he knocks on the door, you know, and I answer the door and I said, come on. He goes, no, 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 you come and follow me. And so we walked down the street. I said, you like this car? I said, yeah, it's a nice car. It's a really nice car. 
It's a really, really nice car. <laughs> and he says, yeah, he said, the Spirit of God told me to give it to you. Here's the keys and here's the title. And I said, you're giving me your Mercedes Benz. I said, how? Uh, okay. I, and and I, I was about to ask him, how are you going to get home? I thought, that doesn't even matter. <laughs> he can hitchhike if he wants, man. <laughs> If he's nice to me, I'll give him a ride in my new wheels. And so, uh, so he, 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 he gives me the title and he gives me the keys. He goes, now, before you take me home. So he did have a plan. Yeah. He says, before you take me home, he says, I just want to share a couple of things with you. Now, don't miss this. He said, my favorite thing about this car is the sunroof. And I'm like, oh. And he gets in the car and he turns it on and he does a sunroof. I'm thinking, wow. And then he says this. He said, I hope you don't mind the color of this leather seats in here. I just redid the upholstery because God told me I'm going to give this to you. And I said, well, it had leather seats though, right? And so Mercedes goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, but I put this, it was a grade A of the four, A, B, C, D. It was a grade A, the top of the line, just like a baby's bottom. And it was this, um, uh, what do you call that? Is it cognac, cognac? It's it's a toffee uh, brown. It's it's a beautiful color, very high in leather. And I, 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 you open the smell and I'm just feeling this thing. I'm like, oh. And he says, he goes, and, and, and I don't know about you, but he says, I like to listen to my Christian music. He said, I put a brand new Blah Punk uh, audio system in here. I had never heard of Blah Punk, but he told me. He said, this is better than Alpine, and, and this is a German manufacturer. He says, he says, if you're an audiophile, this is what you want in your car. And I'm like, oh. And my knees are getting weak, and I'm thinking, should I just worship God now, or should I wait till he leaves? And he goes, and, and, and I, I, I kind of hesitated to do this because he said, it's never been in my car before, but just a couple of days ago, I felt like I should go to our church bookstore and get one of these little decals. <laughs> he said, so I, I bought one of these. And he said, I hope you don't mind. They're, they're really classy, aren't they? I said, yeah, yeah, they're really classy, Anthony. And he said, I already, I put it on. He said, you can take it off if you don't want to. And that was too much. And I just fell on my knees. I said, God, you are so good. He had no idea what, how he was being used. Yeah. I mean, he figured it out real quick. So I thought that was the end of it. I take Anthony home. I drive back. And then I start walking up the stairs and, and I hear, hey, hey, hey. And I turn around. There's a, a, a guy I'd never seen him before. Big guy. Big African-American guy. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. And he goes, he said, those are your wheels? I said, yes, sir. He said, I've, I've been watching what happened this morning. He said, well, what just happened? He said, I'm, I'm in the car business. He said, I saw you get down on your knees and lift your hands like that. He said, I was going to come out and rescue you. But he said, <laughs> he said, he said, my mom has been praying for me. I got, I've been getting away from the Lord. He said, did he just give you that car? I said, yes, sir. So I told him the whole testament of what God did when I was like a few days ago, and why I needed a nice car, but I didn't really care if I had a nice car. I just wanted Jesus. Yeah. And right there on the sidewalk, right at the bottom of the stairs, I was able to lead Tony to the Lord. It wasn't about the car. I needed one. But it's about Tony's soul. And God used that little testament to reach this man. He, I ended up inviting him to church. He ended up becoming my, we had small groups in that church. They were called home fellowships. He ended up becoming my home fellowship assistant. And I mentored him and, you know, I mean, I didn't know too much myself, but you know what, what I knew I showed 
him, and then he ended up being a, a home fellowship leader. I ended up on staff at that church later on. But the reason I share that with you is I want you to, I want you to look at this verse again. And maybe it'll make a little more sense to you. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be there in me. Now let's skip down to verse 24. I always, I never start with verse 24 because Brother Hagin said, you know, if, it's, if the scripture starts with therefore, you have to find out what it's there for. So you have to go back and read the verse before. So I always start at verse 23. But when you come down to verse 24 and Jesus is talking, he says, what things soever that you desire when you pray or while you're praying or while you're in the midst of prayer, believe that you receive them, believe that you receive them. They're not there for just some funky reason. They're there so you can believe that you receive them. And when you believe that you receive them, you're going to have them. So years later, now I'm pastoring. I'm in our, in our children's church. You know, it's the only place people didn't bother me. You know, they'd come in and out of the auditorium. So I went in children's church, you know, and I was just worshiping God, walking back and forth, minding my own business, magnifying the Lord, not praying for anything, didn't need anything specific, nothing on my heart, just worshiping the Lord, delighting myself in the Lord. I just want to know you better, Lord. I just want to please you. I just want to walk uprightly before you with a pure heart and clean hands. Lord, you're the best thing that ever happened to me. Lord, you've blessed me so much. You've given me a beautiful wife, Lord, and two beautiful children. Lord, you've allowed me to pastor this church, and I'm just, just delighting him, just loving on him. And all of a sudden, I've got this, this, this thing floating up, and, and I can't explain it because I just saw a wad of money. I'm thinking, but now I've learned something, and I'm not repenting for being carnal about thinking of a wad of money. <laughs> and I don't know how I knew it, but I just felt like it was $100,000. It's just like $100,000. And then that wad kind of disappeared, and I just saw a little check. And I thought, hmm, God, you're up to something here. I'm not going to repent this time. And I said, Father, I just want to thank you for what you want to do, whether it's for me or whether it's for this ministry or whether it's seed for me to sow, or whatever it is, I just believe we receive it, and I want to thank you for it now. And that thing disappeared, and I just kept on worshiping God. It didn't take four or five times this time of repenting. You know, about five or six days later, I'm in the office. Our bookkeeper comes in. She says, Pastor John, she said, I want you to see what, uh, what we just got in the mail. I thought you may be interested in this. I said, what did we get in the mail? wasn't thinking about it whatsoever. And she goes, well, I just thought you may want to see this, what we got in the mail. She handed me a check, and it was a check for $100,000. Not for me, it was for the church, right? It was what we called our church, World Harvest Outreach Church at the time. Now we changed the name to Impact. Again, I had to fall on my knees and worship God. This man did not go to our church. This man did not live in our city. He was a businessman in the state of Texas. And he wrote a check out. He had sold a business and he gave his tithe to us, part of his tithe for the sale of that business. And we were recipients of $100,000. But what I'm telling you is, and when I sensed in my heart, there was a stirring in my heart that there are some things, if you'll just get this so simple concept, that maybe they've already been happening, but maybe they will happen in the future, and you'll not do what I did. And just sit there and think, well, that's nice. That would be so nice if I had $100,000. Lord, you know what we could do with $100,000? No, he's trying to get it to you. You've got a building you're building here. 
Amen. He's trying to get things to you. And don't get hung up on the, the, the Mercedes or the money. God can do this in, in, you know, God can put something on your heart for, for something to pray for Pastor Rusty about or something that, to, to get involved in the church and, and work in a certain area of ministry where God's gifted you, where God's equipped you, where God's graced you. That other people in the church don't have that grace. Or maybe there's a ministry that's not in the church yet because that ministry is on the inside of you. And when you get in the presence of God, God drops that thing in you and you think, yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice if we had that in the church. Amen. And yet God's trying to have you believe that we receive that yeah, so he can get it to you. So those two, two just things happen to me in terms of a Mercedes and the money. And you say, oh, I wish that would happen to me. Well, are you given God, an opportunity to drop something in your heart. See, when does this happen? What things serve does you desire when? When you're playing golf? When you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Listen, if I could make that happen every time I prayed, I wouldn't be here standing here right now. I'd be back and back praying somewhere. I can't, I can't make that happen. Because, see, there's always a God side and there's always a man side. And we have to do our part and God won't do our part. We can't do God's part, but God won't do our part. You know, God's, our part is to pray. Our part is to delight ourselves in the Lord. Our part is to magnify the Lord. God's part then is to drop something in your heart that he wants to do in your life. Our part then, because we have not, because we asked not, our part is to lift that back up to the Lord and ask him for it. But believe that you receive them. Well, how do you believe? You know about faith here. Faith is in two places, in the heart and it's in the mouth. So you have to believe that you receive them, you should have them, and and speak that out. Father, I thank you. Lord, I believe we receive that Mercedes. Lord, I believe we receive that land. Lord, I believe we receive, and and speak out what God's put in your heart. And then God's part is to bring it to pass. See, prayer is cyclical. God, God, in in those days, because I didn't know what I was doing, God tricked me into believing him to be able to give me a Mercedes Benz. That's what he did. He gave me this desire in my heart. I took that desire. I lifted it back up to him, venting frustratingly. And he said, well, he's asked for it now. Gave me permission to move on the earth. See, God's up in heaven. And we're here on the earth as his partners. Whatever we bind here on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we lose here on earth is loose in the heavenlies. So we're talking about prayer, and this is maybe a component of prayer, and I, th- I think I've come about it maybe a different way than, than what some of us are used to, but I would just like us to realize that God is wanting to do things. I believe he's speaking this to people in this church for specific things for this church, and it could be for you too. The Mercedes was for me. The money was for our church. And so, you know, any pastor will get a large sum of money like that. You, you, you submit that to God. You say, Lord, what, what do I do with this? Why did you give this to us? What is this for? And so we just had in our heart, just put it in the bank. Don't mess with it. Don't touch it. So we put it in the bank. Years later, I'm sitting in a conference at a minister. I've never even been to one of his conferences before. Minding my own business, just enjoying the pre-praise and worship music that the band is playing. Just sitting there. And God speaks to my heart and says, give $100,000 in the offering tonight. I'm thinking, $100,000? And then I remembered, that's what that money's for. Wow. 
So God had given me the seed. I had the $100,000. We sowed it that night. And when we sowed it, things began to break out left and right. And things began to fall in line. And the miracle after miracle after miracle of things that I could have never put together for us to get into the building that we're in now. And Pastor Rusty was a part of that because I was down here at Island Church, minding my own business, worshiping the Lord, delighting myself in the Lord. And he called me out by the Spirit of God and prophesied some things. Didn't have any idea what he was prophesying. I didn't know he was, uh, he, he was about a building. That was about three days before I was sitting at the conference. And I was, I, was I was determined to go here. And I was questioning the Lord. Lord, why should I go up to this other conference? I've never been there before. Pastor Rusty said, why didn't God tell me to give the $100,000 here? I don't know. I'm sorry, Pastor Rusty. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> never, never thought about it. And I went from this conference to another conference and I'm sitting there and God speaks to me to give that $100,000. But ever since Pastor Rusty prophesied, I guess God knew I was going to do it. And just one thing after another, after another, just an acceleration. And then we moved into the building we're in now. But see, see, the the, the $100,000 was for the kingdom of God. The Mercedes was for me, but Tony's soul was for God. And it was all just because some little person, well, I guess I'm tall, some tall, lanky guy, well, I used to be lanky, some tall, big guy <laughs> decided to spend 30 to 40 minutes worshiping and delighting in the Lord. Amen. Let's all stand. I'm just going to ask you just to lift your hands to the Lord. And, and I want to pray for you. And then uh, there's some other things stirring in my heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for this wonderful congregation. Lord, I thank you even now that you're speaking to hearts. Father, as I prayed earlier, not, not what I'm saying that's important, Father God, but what you're saying. And Lord, I thank you for this church, this great church, Father. Great because it serves people. The greatest of all is a servant of all. Great because there's a great spirit of prayer here. Great because there's great teaching of the word here, Father. And Lord, I just sensed in my heart that you want to take Island Church, and the church is not a building, but it's people, but you want to move them out, and there's some that have hit a ceiling, and there's some that have been stuck, and there's some that the light bulb was going off even as I was speaking because you were speaking, and their answer came to them. And Father, I thank you that next time they're in prayer, and the next time you begin to, to drop that thing in their heart, Father, they know what to do with it. They believe for it. They speak it forth. Faith is of the heart. Faith is of the mouth. And they begin to speak forth that which you desire to do in their heart. Whether it's getting involved in ministry, whether it's serving another person, maybe it's praying for a specific person. Then, then that person, next thing they know, they just hear through the grapevine. That person's given their life to the Lord. But it started because you put a desire in their heart. They lifted it back up to you, Father. And then when they gave you permission to move in a person's life, You sent labors across someone's path, and they were saved. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're doing that in people's hearts. You're doing that in people's lives. And there will be changes, and there will be things brought forth into this body. And there will be increase in this body. And there will be people who individually think, well, I'm not qualified to do that. I'm not even worthy of doing that. But, Father, you make them worthy. And Lord God, you're the one that qualifies them. 
and you bring them into a position. You bring them into a place. You bring them into talking to a certain person. You put the favor of God on them. You position them, Father God, and then you begin to bring about that which you want to do, but it starts in that place of us magnifying you, glorifying you, worshiping you. So, Father, we just avail ourselves to you. And, Lord, if we don't have a habit of prayer, a specific devotional time with the Lord, then, Father God, we just make a decision right now in the name of Jesus to set time aside. As John Wesley said, I have so much to do today, I better spend the first three or four hours in prayer. The Lord will put you first in the name of Jesus. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you in a dry and a thirsty land. Father, this is such a a dry, dry season that we're living in. But Father God, there's such a waterfall in the things of God and in the place of God, Father, in the church and in the anointing and in the presence of God. And so we thank you for that. We take, we, we, we take our place, Father God, in your body and we partake of the grace that you put on us. We partake of the anointing that you've put on us. Father God, we suit up for what you've called us to do in the name of Jesus. Father, I just thank you that you're taking care of your people. I thank you, Lord God, that you're giving them the desires of their hearts. I thank you, Father. Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or the south. But, Father, as they seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything they have need of is added unto them, Father. Promotion comes from the Lord. Father, we don't trust in horses and chariots, but, Father, we put our trust in Almighty God, in the arm of the Lord, in Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, our provider, our healer, our strength, our standby. And I thank you, Father. We just lose that for this church. Whatever it is that you have for every person, Father, individually. I just see people coming up higher. I I, I see a a, a person just feels like they've been stuck. You you feel like you're stuck in your Christian life. You feel like uh, been there, done that, but you're faithful and you keep coming to church and and you just feel like you've been stuck. And I just see that breaking through and it's going to come in a time that you're just delighting yourself in the Lord. And you'll know what to do with it. And you'll know what to do with that desire. And you'll lift it back up to God. And that's, that's all you can do. God will bring it to pass. That's what he does. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.